0: Welcome back to the Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustang, And it has been a while. It's been a while since we've been here. We've had illnesses and- Crazy. Freak life yeah. events that have happened. And anyway, here we are. So we are picking up with our book, uh, our study of Job. Chapter 11 is where we left off. And we were kind of talking about this beforehand, but it seems like maybe we don't need to go verse by verse on this because far. Um, How do we decide his last name was spelled? Namathite. Zophar the Namathite is a little more succinct in what he says. Like, he's not as um, verbose as the other friends were, but he is much snarkier and saying the same thing, that it's Job's fault. Really.
1: Yeah, he's pretty snarky.
0: Um, He does say, like, oh, should we not rebuke you for... (laughs) I mean, really, yeah, he says, should not the multitude of words be answered? Yeah. Should you not be rebuked and mocked because you have said, and he actually kind of incorrectly qualifies what Job has said, because he Zophar says, you have said, my doctrine is pure and I am clean in your eyes. Well, Job never proclaimed to be sinless, blameless. And I mean, I, in fact, he was pretty much, I mean, he was giving offerings yeah. For, just in case. Yeah. For his children. Right. Like, I'm pretty sure he knew he wasn't perfect. But Zophar is, you know, just holding true with the rest of them. And you know what's ironic? It seems like these guys are, to me, it seems like his friends have just lost patience with him. Like, I don't know. Have you ever had a friend who, or have you? I, I have had a friend who is going through something and they just keep like lamenting the thing. And you're like, okay, here's what you need to do. And they just keep lamenting over it anyway. Like sometimes they don't necessarily want it to be
1: fixed. They just want, they want to coach you rather than counseling. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and I wonder if his friends are getting to that point where they're just like, okay, man, we sat here for seven days in silence, <laughs> awkward. And now, now we're going to tell you. And friend number one has come up to bat. And Job's like, no, it's not.
1: It's like they played off of one another. Right, right. And that's typical,
0: I think, probably of a group mentality. And Job's just having to
1: hold strong. Isn't it crazy that after seven days of not talking and you've been thinking this through, that this is what you come up with? Yeah. You know, and it's all in a negative connotation against Job and, and his life and their presumption of what his life must have been. Yeah. What did you read? You read it in here
0: somewhere. Was it verse 12? verse 12 they, I mean he literally calls him stupid Yeah. for an empty headed man will be wise when a wild donkey's colt is born a man. a man so my my commentary here says Zophar really just called him stupid and says that he will be wise again as soon as wild donkeys start giving birth to humans that he will be stupid until that time
1: which is never never so Job is stupid yeah according and, to Zophar and then he tells him if you set your heart right and stretch out your hands to God. If you put sin of your hand and far from you and don't let evil dwell in your tents, then you can lift up your face to him without stain. Well, I guess you don't have to worry about him not saying what he's thinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> True enough.
1: He has like this
0: theological understanding of what Job's going through. But his answer is simple. Just repent. Just repent and you know, seek the mercy and, and goodness of God. And you know, while that is great advice in probably 75% of stuff, I mean, to be kind of vulnerable here, we were literally just talking about how I've I've been kind of dealing with something where I'm like, I feel this disconnect from God. And so I'm like, I recognize that that the barrier is my sin and I have to repent from that. The difference, I guess, probably being that I recognize my own (laughs) sin here that I understand that they're you know that i've put up this barrier job on the other hand is saying but i haven't done anything yeah i mean i'm not perfect but i haven't done anything And i followed the law and i followed what the septuagint has told me
1: but in each instance with every friend they're continually looking on the outside the external for Uh, for their counsel, I guess, you know, their counsel is, is based and viewed from the external things that's happened to Job. It's never based upon his internal heart. Which, hold the door, like we were just talking about, this is
0: today, 2022, this is still what a lot of quote unquote religious people do. I mean I I've, I've shared the story about how we uh my husband and I came up and kind of latched onto this wrong kind of Christian name that was literally looking at the outside you know I heard someone speaking the other day who <laughs> was talking about how they went um they went to do this ministry and they were walking into it like a ministry that they were just um they had no connection to the people that they were ministering to knew that that's where they were supposed to be. But like, they were like, why are you putting me here, God? Because this is not. And, and their description of who they were, it was, you know, people who were covered in tattoos and who were, you know, had different hair colors and piercings. And so funny to me because like, I I see people like that and I'm like, it does not check one box
1: no.
0: in, in me that goes, oh, that person can't be a follower. But I know that there are people who are, and I have my own biases. I can't tell you what they are off the top of my head right now because I I just can't. But I know that I must have things that when I look at someone and I go, huh, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like hopefully never something that I would look at externally and go, oh, they must not be a Christian because they blah, 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 whatever it is, but something that would make me pause and go, what kind of person are you really? The external. And we've been we've been judging each other off of that since Job's time, apparently. Obviously. Yeah. So it's not new. No.
1: And it seems to be our first thing that we do. Right.
0: I mean, of course, because what you see is your first impression. But it really does go back to your own implicit bias mm. on on everything.
1: Yeah. And they all obviously thought the same.
0: Right. And you know what's funny is that their answer to all of this was also external. I mean, repent. That's not necessarily an. I, I mean, it kind of is. It's like stop doing, whatever it is you're mm-hmm. something. You you need to stop something. And Job's like, what? What do you want me to? I can't make something up. Like, what is it that you want from <laughs> what me? What do to really do? Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, I th- I think it's it just seems to be something that we're very quick to do is judge situations and circumstances and people, um, by the external. And obviously, you know, God was very quick to tell us. That's not how I do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, he told Samuel when he looked at at um, all of David's brothers, all of Jesse's sons, he's like, "Yeah, that's not that's not right. where I look. Where you look, because not David where I would look. not have been the one no. that was chosen. No. no, he wasn't even brought in from the field. No, it's almost like Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. No wonder he felt rejected. Yeah, he wasn't even worthy enough to be brought in from the field. You know, um, I I think that we are so quick. I mean, no wonder the Lord had to tell us. It's not where you look. Yeah. You know, no wonder it's it's so easy for us to judge situations or people by what's going on in their life, maybe by what's not going on in their life, maybe by the things that they say. And um, we've never really heard their heart on the issue. But yet, when we walk through something, we want people to hear our heart. You know, we want to say things like, God knows my heart, because yeah. he does, because, and we say those things because we feel like the world is judging us from the external situations and circumstances that are going on in our life. And we just, our, our heart's cry is, but, but he knows my heart. No matter what's going on out there, he knows my heart. And, and really, it's a cry from the inside of us to please start judging me by what's going on around me. You have no idea what's yeah happening in here. And we want that for ourselves when our world is in an upheaval, in an, in a, in an uproar. But sometimes it's difficult for us to take that step back and go, hmm. Yeah. What's going on in their heart? You know
0: what's funny is that? So many psychologists, counselors, all that, like when kids exhibit behaviors that are problematic, quote unquote, we always say, okay, they're exhibiting this behavior, but there's a reason. We need to find the reason. So we're willing to look beyond. And actually, I mean, they're usually like kind of preaching at someone saying, hey, you need to look beyond face value because there's a reason that the kid is doing this. There's a reason the kid is acting out.
1: Why do we put an age limit on that? I don't know. But we do. I know.
0: Actually, MK Mueller, her eight to great book that I know I've talked about before. There's a section in there where it talks about not taking offense when other people lash out about things because we have no idea what they have gone through in the past and what, uh, like, so Even though it might be the first time that I've done something in front of someone, I'm taking the brunt response of all the other people that have, you know, done whatever it is or have done something that's caused someone to act out in a certain way. And honestly, I use that a lot even like in not only like raising my own kiddo, like realizing that there are things that are going on in her world that she might be lashing out from. She's a teenager. I do the same thing, though, and I'm not a teenager. I'm almost 40. Like, I lash out, too, sometimes. But I'd also use it in my marriage, especially for those of us who have gone through divorce and you, there's so much hurt and pain that comes with that that there are times, and I know that Justin does the same thing to me because we've talked about, like, how how divorce changed us and our outlook on marriage now, like, that whole, like, don't sweat the small stuff kind of mentality. But you kind of step back and you realize, like, hey, so he's reacting this way. It's not because I've done anything, but he's dealt with this before. And the you know the outcome was different. And so he's already defensive before we've even got there, or I'm already defensive before we've even gotten there because it ended badly for me last time. I don't know why we put an age limit on that, but according to MK. Mueller, you should not, and you should realize that everybody has reactions and responses based on things that have happened in the past, positive or negative you respond based on previous. We know that you previous knowledge is all you have to move forward on. So until you're taught otherwise, that's how you
1: live. It's so good. Wow. Sorry. That was a tangent. No, I love it. I love it because, you know, we're so easy to accept that in children. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not hard for me to accept in a child, but why we forget that that could be carried on into adulthood, especially if we don't heal. Right. I don't know why we, you know, I think sometimes we need to shift our perspective and begin to look and say, okay, so what's going on really? Yeah. You know, what's going on in their hearts? What's going on in their lives? And why am I so quick to judge the external and that? Why why do I want to be judgmental or why do I want to be critical? And why does that keep coming up against me? And sometimes even against certain individuals, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Like, you know, and I will, you know, maybe that person has just been like a sandpaper person to me and i just want to kind of like that analogy there yeah a sandpaper person yeah i like that some are rougher grit like as soon as you said that i was like oh i get that (laughs) right yeah i had a gentleman ask me he's like so what grit am i Ah, i like that (laughs) i (laughs) I was like you're not sandpaper you're awesome
0: i i think back to biblical characters for lack of better term and I always appreciate it when I see humanness, you know, like something that I can connect with. So especially in like the, um, well, the faith heroes, and Job is certainly one of those faith heroes. But Job chapter 12, (laughs) he's just a snarky. Maybe not, (laughs) um, I shouldn't say just a snarky, but he answers with sarcasm to what (laughs) Zophar has said. And Job says, no doubt you are the people. And wisdom will die with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Clearly, you have this all figured out and you are the, you know, all wisdom is going to die with you <clears throat> because you are the smartest, most clever, wisest man. I'm pretty sure I, I have Job's DNA.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: like, I just appreciate when it comes out sometimes.
1: I so love this. Well, you know, he's been like three friends down. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, all right. And he's been so like calm about it. Thank you. <laughs> and I, his I, wife. We can't forget that his wife was also like... I the so four people. Yeah, you know, he's like the world is against me. Yeah, It's like uh, who knows? Wisdom will die with you. It, yeah, it's, it's you never, are yeah. never going to return because when you're gone,
0: when when you're yeah. gone, how else will I ever make it? <laughs> it's not what he says, but he just says wisdom will die with you. But I have understanding as well as you, and I am not inferior to you. <laughs>
1: he's like I'm not stupid. Yes, I'm not a stupid Thank you man. For that, but I'm yeah. not stupid. Not a donkey.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a bit ironic, though, that when Zophar throws up all these. Things against him, Job responds with very plainly speaking about the goodness of God. Yeah. Have you ever been that person that's like the negative person and then somebody comes back with something so rational? Yes. Oh. Yes. I think maybe that's where that whole kill him with
1: kindness thing might come from. Yes. But I think the whole month of October was that for me. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Such a growing reforming time for myself. It was a bit of a rough one, wasn't it? Yeah.
0: And so Job's going through, he's he's just saying I've I've been mocked by my friends who they say that they've called on God and he's answered and that I'm just being stupid. But that he's innocent. You know, he holds to that.
1: And never once in all these things does he ever criticize the Lord.
0: No. That's the one thing that doesn't happen. Yeah. Even in his snarkiness yeah. with his friends, he doesn't.
1: You know, many times we were super, it's just so quick. To lay blame up on the Lord. I mean, obviously they don't have any problem laying blame upon Job. Right. You know, and, and Job could have like cast that right on the Lord.
0: He could have Right. Why why are you Yeah. Why
1: like I've been Lord through all this, this. Like, like why are you he, throwing this at me too? Yeah. I, I hear people all the time, they'll say things like, I don't know why God's making me go through this or I don't know why, you know, it's always up on the Lord. You know, um, why are we so quick to cast blame on the wrong person. On the wrong person.
0: Yeah.
1: But Satan loves that. Well, for sure, it's his strategy.
0: Yeah. Because
1: then it's off of him. And then we're distracted. This cycles
0: back to Guys, you guys, someday we're just going to have to turn on the mics and like let you hear our background conversations. (laughs) But it's so funny how the things that we talk about show up in our study.
1: Right. Well, because really, if we get our heart off of what's, you know, really going on, then we miss... What the Lord is is really trying to show us. But the enemy, it's a a great plan of his to get our perspective skewed so that we blame the Lord for all the bad that's happening in our life. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a great strategy of the enemy.
0: It's a fruitful one, that's for sure.
1: Let's blame the Lord. Yeah. Let's blame God.
0: I do love what Job says in, uh, where are we at here? Chapter 12, verse 7 through 12. All creation knows the power of God. Like this whole section is about Job just really pointing out to his friends, look, ask the beasts, they will teach you. Ask the birds of the air, they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will teach you and the fish of the sea will explain to you. Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this In whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? Just continuously praising him for what he has done and telling his friends, like, you mock me, but look around all creation. Wisdom is with the aged men and the length of days under- and with the length of days understanding. So man, isn't that the truth though? <laughs> that is true. That is something that I think we miss a lot is the counsel of older mm. mentors.
1: Yeah. You know, there's things that they've learned in life and if we would consider that. Yeah. And learn from it rather than have to walk through it. You know, and that our life be a parable of things that we have to, you know, teach others from, you know, sometimes living the parable is not as fun as reading the parable, okay. you know, let okay. me read it and understand it uh, rather than live it. And obviously if I live it, I'm, I'm, it's obviously going to be, I, I'd rather take
0: me. the, not the hard lesson learned. Thank you. Yeah.
1: But sometimes many times our, our life will be a parable of teaching to others around us. Absolutely.
0: And I, I even point that out to my kids like look at what they have look at what this person has whatever and this is what they're dealing with on the other side of that like pay attention guys yeah learn the lessons of the of the older folks who have lived it and
1: you know sometimes we forget that when they went through it it really wasn't that long ago right oh there's that
0: human short-term memory again (laughs) just we don't get it Job continues just to praise God and just speak of his great power wisdom strength counsel understanding he um if he breaks a thing down it cannot be rebuilt if he imprisons a man there can no, be no release like just talking about this amazing awesome like truly awesome power of god it's just so <laughs> job's friends have come at him with so much judgment and he just continues to respond with I do know God and I know who he is don't criticize me on this I know God I know who he is and I know who I am in him yeah his friends don't seem to don't seem to take heed to that because we're only on chapter 13 and we've got like through chapter 40 or something of dealing with his friends <laughs> so it's not it's not uh so yeah it's not gonna be a short thing so he goes um he's praising this this awesome power of God to his friends and still in the same speech here in chapter 13 Job starts a rebuke of his own and I don't know I read this and I go it's about time Job like but also that's just the very human part of me that's like wanting him to have some sort of I don't know retribution I guess
1: I like though that Job doesn't take their their criticism inward internally he still stands up and says, you know, that's not it. It's not it. It doesn't matter that you've all said these things to me. Um I know what's in me. I mean, he doesn't say, You're so right. Right. You know, many times we just take it. I mean, if, if we'll that take many, it. yeah, if that many people had come to me and said, You know, you're wrong, right. you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Um,
0: There'd be a part of me going, Am I wrong? Am I am I wrong? Am I wrong? Yeah.
1: But he, he doesn't ever do that he's just like you know what I, i'm not inferior to you you know yeah, what i'm saying not stupid. you're not all wise yeah you don't really know what's going on in here and he still continues to stand up for what he believes is right in his heart and he still continues to stand up for the lord in all these things and i think
0: well we're still dealing with i mean let's not forget he's covered in boils thank you and still grieving the loss of his family his everything 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 except god yeah
1: everything except god that's all he has left. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that when you have God and God alone, you have the majority? He,
0: he um, calls them, you forgers of lies. You yeah. are all worthless physicians.
1: Wow. Physicians of <laughs> yeah. no value and have no remedy to offer me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You have nothing to offer.
0: I'm sure his friends at this point are going, at least we're here, man. Like, I, the very human part that says, these friends are probably like, I sat with you for seven days.
1: Well, he tells him, he said he said it would be better that you held your peace. Yeah. So that when you opened your mouth people wouldn't think you were unwise. Yeah. He said, But you you keep talking and, and people understand that you don't have the wisdom that you're trying to, you know, divulge to me. And then he asked me, he said, Will you will you speak unrighteously for God? Now that's a And talk deceitfully for him? He's like, You're coming at me acting like that God has spoken these things to you. Yeah. Has he? I wonder how many times
0: we speak out of turn.
1: Well, we think that that's what the Lord would say, and that's not what the Lord would say at all.
0: That, that was one of those conversations we were having yeah. previously of me telling my students, God might someday tell you that something is that you shouldn't participate in something, partake in something, shouldn't, whatever. Something isn't for you, or something is for you, but it might not be for the other person. Or maybe it is like, if you, if God has told you not to participate in something that doesn't necessarily mean that God has told everybody not to participate in that thing and vice versa, right? But yeah, we don't, all we know are our own journeys and we judge people based off off of that, off of what God has told and revealed to us. And while I love to share what God has revealed to me and I love to learn what God has revealed to other people, I still have to be connected enough to God to go, okay, I see that but that's not that's not mandated this is just somebody's own journey and we all have our own journeys why do we forget that
1: i know it's it's easy to forget that my journey looks different than somebody else's journey yeah and because we're zealous about what the lord has put inside of us sometimes it's hard for under for hard for us to understand that he put a zeal for something else in someone else right and that they're just as excited about that we have As different I
0: callings, yes. different walks, different yes. experiences. I mean, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing.
1: It is. It's easy for us to get frustrated when they don't have the same zeal for the same thing that we yeah. do. Yeah. You know, um, when I was younger, I remember that. You know, like, why isn't everybody excited? You know what right. I'm saying? And even today, like, uh, it's hard for me, like, when, when other people don't have the same zeal or zealousness for the different things that I'm passionate for, because I, I don't understand. I'm like, how could you not...
0: Why don't you get excited Why about don't this? don't you get
1: excited? Yeah. And and I sometimes I have to remind myself that- you know, This isn't their thing. Yeah. It's not their purpose. They didn't, you know, it's not what God, you know, that's that's not what he mandated for them. Maybe it's just what he mandated for me and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. You know, and sometimes I don't want to be. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's just like a little support, a little yeah. bit of encouragement. <laughs> yeah. It's in those moments that it's easy to judge and criticize. It is. It
0: is. and. We just have to remind ourselves that our walks are different and it's okay.
1: It is. You know, in verse nine, he asked him, he said, would it be profitable for you if he shouldn't investigate your tactics with me? A little bit of a call out. (laughs) Yeah. He said, as one deceives and mocks a man, do you deceive and mock him? You know, he's like, like, so if the Lord was to judge you like you're judging me. Yeah. Would it work out for you? You know, sometimes we really need to turn that little finger that we point at someone else right back to ourselves, and- Will eat a really good dose of humble pie, and yeah. you know.
0: Yes, I unfortunately I do know. <laughs> unfortunately, Girl, I do not know. kidding.
1: He says your memorable sayings are proverbs of ashes; they're valueless. Wow. He's not
0: holding any punches either. In verse thirteen, he says, "Hold your peace with me and let me speak." It's almost like maybe, maybe he was being interrupted or something. I don't know. Then let me. Then let come on me what may. And still, though, in all of this, he's talking about how he will trust God and God will be his salvation. And he's also saying this, though, to prove himself to his friends. Would a person come to God so hypocritically, as I am proclaiming, if I am guilty of all that you judge of me? Yeah. Would I do that, like, and successfully do that? It's, I, <laughs> um, uh, later down in verse 20. God, or not God, Job says, I will not hide myself from you. Withdraw your hand far from me and let not the dread of you make me afraid. Then call and I will answer or let me speak. Then you will respond to me. And so in all of this, sorry, you guys who are hearing my dog bark in the background. Jeez. Remember earlier though, God was, or Job was telling God, just leave me like, I just want to be left alone. I just want to be left alone. And now he's saying, um, please do not withdraw Mm -hmm. from me don't don't leave me here alone we say things when we are hurt angry grieving that we honestly honestly you just don't even know yourself in those moments sometimes and if you don't know yourself like how do you know what you want thankfully i mean praise god that he knows and we have a holy spirit who mediates on our behalf yeah and when we get it wrong, God still says, "I know your heart, yeah. and I I know you don't really want to depart from me, and no. I know you really don't want to be left alone."
1: I mean, even David says, "Cast me not away." Yeah, he said, "Cast me not away from your presence." Like, I, I can deal with a lot of things, but I can't deal don't. with that. That's like, that is the literal, isn't it? Hell, right? Well, it is, and you know, even in the New Testament, it talks about He left them over to a reprobate mind. Man, don't leave me there. <laughs> Don't leave me to myself. And Job was like, dude, I... I I didn't mean it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, just don't leave me. David's like, just don't leave me. Even Moses was like, look, I ain't going unless you go. Yeah. They all knew this one thing. I can't do it without you.
0: All else be gone. Yeah. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. You're the only thing.
1: You're the constant. I'm the variable. So true, though. Like,
0: those moments when I... Well, what I was dealing with myself previously, just a... These last few weeks, feeling disconnected from God, totally realizing it's me, not him. He's not moved. No. And he's not going to. Maybe closer to me. Yeah. You know, he will pursue. yeah. But there's nothing that I can say that will make him leave me because he knows. Yeah. He knows that that is not the deepest
1: desires of my heart. Because he knows this even – Paul says, "He said nothing can separate me, yeah, from the love of God. Neither life nor death, or, you know, he said none of these things can separate me from you. And what these men have found out is that I don't ever want to be separated. Like I can lose everything in my life, just don't let me lose you.
0: That's See, that's really it, isn't it? Yeah, everything else matters not. No,
1: he said. I've, I even Paul said I, I count it all as dung. <laughs> yeah, he said I, I've. It I've, doesn't matter. No, he he's like I I've had." A lot. I've had little. I've went through all these things and, and nothing matters but you. He said, oh, that I might know him and you know, and the power of your resurrection. He said, isn't it amazing that Paul, he wrote a majority of the New Testament, says, oh, that I might know you. Moses you <laughs> right. know, tells yeah. him, he's like, you know me, but I don't know you. But he said, I'm not leaving without you.
0: That's the ultimate goal of my life. Like my... I'm a, I've talked about this before. I'm a prayer journaler. So I journal my prayers. It helps me stay focused. And I, I just do. Like that's the English loving side of me. But the one thing that I pray and have prayed now for well over 20 years is that I will know him more. Know him more and draw closer to him.
1: You know, and, and even... Because if you've ever had that experience with the Lord, if you've ever had this life changing experience, you will yeah. never be okay with not being in his presence. No. You'll never be okay.
0: And all those people who are dealing with that, yeah. they have no, no idea that what they're dealing with is their soul yearning for that connection. So
1: true. Well, even in Obed-Edom, when they left the Ark of the Covenant there for three months, right? when David went back to get it, Obed-Edom packed his entire house up. He's like, no, coming with. He did. He's like, kids, get your stuff. <laughs> Time to go. Your wife, get your stuff. He said, because I will be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord forever. He said, but I am never, ever going to be away from his presence again. He moved his entire family. Because so, once you know. Yeah. So he could just be a doorkeeper. Yeah. The once house you of know, the Lord. you know. Yeah. He's like, what happened to me in those three months that you left the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of the Lord in my house? He said, I'm determined that I will never be away from that ever again. You won't move me. My family won't move. Matter of fact, we'll follow. We'll, be, we'll sit at the door if that's all it takes. He said, yeah. just, you will never find me in another place. What an incredible pursuit of the Lord. But I think I get it. Yeah. I mean, we are so blessed to have the Holy Spirit. Oh my
0: gosh. And to never really have to know what that's like to be. Like once Left. you have him. To be departed from you don't no. have to know that thank you. I don't know how I would do life if I if I did because those are like that disconnect that I've had to deal with now it's that yearning piece yeah. of going, no, I need to get back because like that's yeah. I need that connection more than anything else that is my peace, my joy, my comfort, that's it. my everything is in that connection with God.
1: I mean, our, our world is literally like, oh, it's wrapped. Yeah. And him being, you know, a, a part of our world of us being in his presence and never, never leaving that place. Our, our life really without him. What is it?
0: What is it? Yeah.
1: And that's what they were all saying. That's what Moses said. He's like, dude, I can go up a mountain, but I'm not doing it without you. You know, Dave is like, look at, I've been doing these things, but I can't do it without you. They all knew they had this one constant in their life and that it was him. And they knew that. that's what made them great men. Right. That's what made you a great leader. That's what made them a great leader is they had this one constant. That was the Lord. They knew they were the variable. They knew that they changed. They knew life changed. They knew things come at them, but they knew that he never changed. And they knew that without him, they couldn't do what they do because it was only him that made them who they are. I mean, what an incredible... Yeah. Awesome insight that we should all strive for at all times.
0: Cling to the Lord. Yeah. I think that's a good place to stop us today. We are um, hopefully not going to have to miss weeks and weeks again. I don't know. Do we have a challenge this week for these guys? Internal. Yeah. That's a good one. Focus on the internal. I, like a personal challenge, I've made my students do this over the last couple of days. Figure out what your bias is, mm-hmm. and That's what good. can you do about it. Take a look. We'll see. We uh, will. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Um, hopefully next week. Hopefully we'll get it all figured out and back on track. And and um, yeah. But we're so thankful that you guys are continuing on this journey with us. Um, we are. I, I am loving this study as much as. It's funny because we had said whatever we're studying is kind of what comes up against us, right? It's thrown up into our faces and I'm like, oh great, we're in Job. So (laughs) while it hasn't been quite that dramatic, there's been some moments. So anyway, we hope that you guys have a good week and we will talk to you next time. Bye guys.